Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Liza Lomax. Liza and I had a very fun conversation, really focusing on emotional eating, why we do it, why we have these cravings that we do, these habits that we do, and how to overcome those in a healthy manner. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Liza, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, other than my blender just broke. But otherwise, <laughs> we're good. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. That sucks when that happens, for sure. <laughs> Especially it- if you use it every day. <laughs> it's one thing if you use it like once a month, once every couple months, but we use it every day. It's kind of a necessity. Right, right. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But I'm excited to talk to you. We had a conversation before and the work you do with your clients is, I think, a really good route that a lot of people don't really cover very often. And that is really dealing with the emotional side of eating, but more specifically, how to overcome cravings. Because we all know cravings happen, uh, male, female, young, old, like it happens, Um, and for some, it can be a very frustrating issue to deal with and not know how to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to dive into that, but first off, who are you? Who am I? Oh goodness. Well, I am actually, uh, we're calling ourselves slow mads because nomads usually like pick up from one place to another place. We stay a little bit longer, so we kind of linger. Um, but me and my partner are locationally independent, which is just a fancy way of saying nomadic. (laughs) And, uh, currently I'm in North Carolina and eventually, um, we're leaving the States indefinitely. So we'll be, uh, leaving to go to Europe, um, permanently. We just have to find our home over there. So we're going to be visiting over there for a little while. Um, but a little bit about me and what I do is, um, you know, I do a little bit of everything. I, you know, really my main focus is helping women 40 to 65 in their battles with emotional eating. Um, to help them embrace their bodies, to help them lose weight, help them to love what they see in the mirror. Because what do we do when we go to the mirror every single morning? We nitpick at every single little imperfection. And uh, we all struggle with some form of emotional eating. We all turn to food to fill our bodies so we don't feel an emotion. And everybody has some small form of emotional eating. Um, we just, you know, we learn these unhealthy eating habits at a very, very young age. Um, we learn that, you know, we learn that taking care of ourselves is selfish. Um, especially if you identify as a woman, it's like you're conditioned to be a caregiver for the rest of your life, which then turns you into people pleasers and doormats, um, which is a whole other story. We, a whole other topic (laughs) we could talk about. Um, but we're here to talk about emotional eating. So, you know, we learn that, um, to find these unhealthy outlets to go to, to combat your emotions, to not feel them. And food is the number one source. Food is comfort, food is stability. Food is always there. It's always going to be there. And a lot of people come from two different kinds of backgrounds. They either come from a background of, of abundance, or they come from a background of lack or, or scarcity. So if you come from a place of abundance, food was always available. It was always there. You could have whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted, however much you wanted. Okay. Or you came from a place of scarcity or lack where you didn't know where your next meal was going to come from. Whatever was put on the dinner table, you better eat. Or you got sent to your room if you didn't eat your food. So majority people fall into a, a, of the, the lack or scarcity 
mode, um, which is just, you know, a lot of um, mindsets and beliefs and habits and stories that, you know, our parents and our parents' parents and so forth and so forth were instilled in and then instilled in us, which again is a whole other topic. Um, but so we learn, we learn that, um, we learn that hand to mouth motion too. So that, you know, what, what, what happens when, when a kid starts crying, we put something in its mouth, you know, <laughs> give it a sucker, give it something to shut it up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we also learn these skewed ideas of, uh, food when we're happy or sad or angry or frustrated or, or, um, are mad, you know, we think, okay, well, Hey, you got an A in your report card. Let's go get some ice cream or, Hey, you broke up with your boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, let's go get some ice cream. So we get these skewed ideas of what, you know, when we feel that emotion, we go to that food item. So with cravings, um, that's what happens is we, when we feel that emotion, we turn to that item and we've always turned to that item. And sometimes it's, it can be multiple items or it's just one item. So it's like, if you're happy, sad, angry, depressed, even when you're happy, you know, it can be a positive emotion, which actually in turn turns into a negative emotion eventually. So say you go out, you go to a party, you know, maybe pre COVID, whatever, or maybe people are going, going to gatherings and parties and things like that now. But say you go to a gathering and there's cake and ice cream and all the foods that you normally, that you normally don't eat, but you're thinking, oh, I'm going to this party. I can eat whatever I want. Cause you know, it's a party. I have to, you know, I have to, um, indulge myself a little. And so then you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat all these foods that you normally don't eat. And then you get home and then you're like, why did I eat all that stuff? You start to put yourself down. You start to be negative with yourself. You start to bully yourself, which then that raises your stress and anxiety levels, which then raises your cortisol levels, which then creates fat in the midsection, fat everywhere else. So we stay on this yo-yo effect or this, you know, train, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. We stay in this, this hamster wheel going around and around and around and, you know, eating this food and then it's making us feel crappy. And then we're eating the food and it's making us feel crappy you know? And so anytime, any, anybody, you know, when it comes to a craving, it's like, you feel that emotion, you turn to that food item, you eat that food item, but then it makes you feel even worse. So we constantly stay in that, that, that loop. Um, and you know, again, food is everywhere. Food is always there. Food is our main source. I mean, we, we have to eat. I mean, we, we can't live without water mainly, but we, you know, we have to eat too. And so we, we learn, you know, like, again, we learn a lot of these misconceptions and different things at a very young age. I think there's a couple different areas that we can address and that I want to address, but let's start here. Like, because parties, situations like that, like it happens, whether it's a work function or social function, like those things happen. And I mean, yeah, you could be the person in the room who doesn't eat anything like that's totally fine too. But if we're in those situations, like, and we eat, whether it's indulgent food or just food that we normally don't consume, how do we start breaking out of that mindset pattern of like beating ourselves up later about it? Oh, well, it takes practice and it takes, you know, just being being, you know, 
not so hard on yourself and not beating yourself up about it. It's like, okay, well, I indulged on this. You know, I'm not going to turn to what I would normally turn to would go to the gym and work out for two, three, four hours, you know, because I ate a piece of cake, you know, or I ate a piece of candy or I indulged a little bit more. So it's finding other healthy outlets to go to, to combat the unhealthy ones that you have been, that have been deeply ingrained, that have been, you know, deeply instilled in there that, you know, you've taken on, you know, from your childhood habits patterns, stories, behavior, sabotaging, sabotagers, triggers, all those things. And because we learn a lot of this stuff from when we're children. And so it's, it's finding other outlets to go to so that you don't go to those other unhealthy outlets, but you have to be in that right mindset to want to do that. You have to be ready to want to do that, or else you're going to stay on the hamster wheel going around and around and around forever. And one of the, one of the things I tell people, um, to think about, um, when it comes to like dieting, nutrition, you know, taking care of yourself, that kind of thing is, is it for one is like, okay, so you pick the latest, greatest diet, like people go out and they pick the latest, greatest thing. We're always going outside of ourselves, always outside, outside, and we need a quick fix. So that's what those are. There's a quick fixes, all these things, all these programs, diets, whatever, they're always quick fixes. Um, you know, we don't want to go the long term and get, go through the work and go because it's scary. And I understand it's, you know, it's, it's, we don't want to get out of our comfort zone and, and, and deal with those emotions and deal with that emotional trauma and those mindsets, you know, head on, we don't want to deal with those. So we go outside of ourselves all the time. So I always say, I'm like, okay, so what you're doing right now, is it long-term sustainable? Are you going to be able to do it for the rest of your life? A lot of those aren't because diets are set up to fail. They're always set up to fail. So think of it as this. So if you take, think of the word diet and what are the first three letters of the word diet? Die. Okay. Yes. Okay. Think of the word healthy. What are the first four letters of the word healthy? Heal. Heal. So do you want to diet the rest of your life or do you want to live a healthy life the rest of your life? When you tell them that they're thinking, well, I want to live healthy. I don't want to die. Diets are set up to fail every single time. They're set up to put money in people's pockets that created them. They're set up to be a quick fix just, just to get you hooked. So then you keep coming back for more and keep coming back for more and keep coming back for more. It's the same thing with food. It's the same thing with, the, the, with preservatives, additives, sugar that manufacturers and producers put in our food. They make us crave it more. So we go and buy it more. We go buy more and more and more and more. And sugar is the number one addictive chemical and it's legal and it's in everything. Yes. <laughs> it's in everything. So if you're not reading your labels, check your labels. Cause you would be surprised what sugar is in, but they do that specifically because as soon as sugar hits your tongue, it sends a receptor to your brain that I want more, 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 more. Okay. So then we go to the store, we buy more and more and more. So there's more money going into those manufacturers pockets and producers pockets and filling that stuff up. And they'll just keep putting sugar in it, sugar and sugar. And same thing like with diets, they're putting money, we're putting money into their pockets. They're creating these, these, um, things that are guaranteed to make us fail every time. So it's like, I mean, if you just really start thinking about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, 
you would, you would hope that, you know, and whoever's listening would think, oh, wow, I really, yeah, I, I, I'm ready for change. I need to change. I, I'm addicted to this. Or I'm addicted to that. I'm, I'm an emotional eater. I got to find a way to fix this. So I'm not, you know, spending thousands of dollars too, but then doing what God knows what inside my body, what's internally going on inside my body. So these bodies are limited. I mean, we are limited additions. We are, these are, our bodies are organic and they're going to fade. They're going to go away and we have a limited time in them. So to take care of them, love them, respect them, give them the compassion they deserve, give them the, the healthy foods, this, you know, that's sustainable, give it a sustainable life so that you can stay in it longer. So you have a long, you know, you have that long-term inside your body because you never know how long you're going to be in your body. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> and it's pretty fascinating when you start like really digging into the food science behind how products are manufactured and like mm-hmm. how like they really like dial in just the flavoring and of everything. And like you said, the sugars, um, to get people addicted, like it's, it's fascinating when you look into it. Very fascinating. I, I have a, I have a friend who worked in food manufacturing and, um, she's like, you'd be shocked at what, what they put in foods to make us addicted to them. And I said, well, I've done my research. I've done my homework. I know a lot that already is. And she's like, you'd be surprised. There's a lot more that, um, we're, you know, do not know about that. We are completely naive about. And, you know, when you look at ingredients, you know, if you can't, if you can't pronounce them, you can't read them. What do you think that it's doing to your body? You right. know, putting that stuff inside your body. What do you think it's doing to that? You know, if you can't, if you cannot pronounce it or don't even know what it is, you know, there's so many preservatives and additives and, you know, yellow number one and red number two and all these things that are dyes and food dyes and sugars and all this stuff that's in our foods. You know, if you, for me, I'm, for one, I'm total anti-diet culture. I do not like any kind of diets. Diets kill almost killed me. Um, and I, I took down, I wrote down a list of like, cause I wanted to see like how many diets I've actually done, how many diet pills I've actually taken my, my life, you know, and I wrote down and I, I was, I was just shocked. I was like, wow, I can't believe that I've actually put all that stuff in my body at one time. And, um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it, but we, we get addicted to these things because we, we want that, we want that fix. We want to be, we want to look a certain way and dress a certain way and act a certain way because society tells us we have to be these, these things. And so there's just, there's just so much stuff that's put in our food that makes us crave these things. It's just, it's shocking. <laughs> and I think once it comes to sugar too, what we have to be careful of as well as there's, I don't even know how many tens of hundreds of names for different types of sugar. So you might not even realize there's sugar in it because of what it's called. Right. Yeah. 
there's, yeah, I can't even name, name all of them. There's, there's just way too many. So I'm a firm believer and it's like an apple is an apple is an apple. You know, what ingredient is it's one ingredient, you know, and you know, I, I teach my clients about mindful eating, about being very intuitive and listening to their bodies because we don't listen to our bodies. Mm-hmm. We just keep feeding it and feeding it and feeling it and feeling it, but we're not really listening to it, not being very mindful. And I don't know how many times I come across people that were like, well, I don't even know what hunger feels like. I just eat. I just eat because I've been told you have to eat breakfast at this time. You have to eat lunch at this time. You have to eat dinner at this time. It's like, I've just been told I you, you've been programmed to go in this certain cycle and it's really hard to break that cycle, but you can do that. So it's like, if you don't know what hunger feels like, we got to teach you what hunger feels like. And so walking them through that process, but being very mindful and like, you know, shopping the outside perimeter of the grocery store, because what's on the inside, what I call the crap, it's the carbonated beverages, the refined sugars, artificial flavors of processed foods, anything boxed, bagged or canned that has a ton of preservatives in it, additives, all these things, all these ingredients that we cannot pronounce and we are putting them in our bodies. (laughs) Sneak in there to get your olive oil and avocado oil and then sneak out again. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yes, I'm like, you know, I shop at Trader Joe's. So, I mean, there's like some things in the aisles that yes, you do need. Yes. That are necessary, but all the other things are just crap that you do not need to be putting in your body. So what's in the outside perimeter of the grocery store? It's the whole foods It's the, the actual food that should be going into your body you know, that's going to be able to to sustain you long enough so you can stay in these organic bodies long enough. Absolutely. Now let's take a quick break to talk about Equip Foods. Equip Foods is a supplement line, but what I really love about them is their products are made with 100% real food products. There's no fillers, there's no chemicals, there's nothing artificial in it. So everything that you are putting into your body when you consume their products is good for you. And they don't just have the normal protein and pre-workout type supplements. They also have products for decreasing inflammation, for joint health, for circulation, for all sorts of things that just help you be an overall healthier person. So go check out everything Equip Foods has to offer at equipfoods.com. And at checkout, if you use code FIX15, that is FIX15, you can save 15% on your order. You can also get a link to Equip Foods and all my other partners at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now let's get back to our conversation. How do you start? So when it comes to emotional eating and like working to overcome these cravings, whether it's actual cravings from emotion, or maybe it's just like, we're addicted to sugar and we have to fight those cravings. Like how are you helping people or what methods do you use to help people as far as like overcome like those cravings that they're having? So a lot of times emotional eating, that is just the symptom you know, um, the weight gain is just the symptom. What's really the underlying struggle. What's really the underlying issue. And 
you know, like I've said before, we're like, we're like onions with many, many layers, or if you want to look at it, we're icebergs and we're just at the top and there's so much below the surface that we're not paying attention to. So when you have an, have an addiction, um, or craving or have a, an, uh, struggle with emotional eating, there's other things that are involved. There's other underlying things that are involved in that. It's not just the food. Um, you know, when it really comes down to it, it's that, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not special enough or I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not talented enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's those things that then in turn, we turn to that food because food is comfort, food is stability, food is always there. And it, you know, and it feels good. And we get that euphoric, euphoric, you know, we, that rush, you know, of the food. And I was like, oh yes. But then we take it a little too far because we're not dealing with those emotional traumas and emotional issues that we've been holding onto that we've been stuffing with food and stuffing and stuffing and stuffing because we're told as kids can't be emotional. You know, what do they tell when they tell young boys, they tell boys to push down their emotions. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. You got to be a man. You got to do this, do that. You know, um, people identify as women. It's like, we're, oh, we can't be emotional. You might be construed as something else. You got to just hide your emotions. So we learn to hide our emotions any way we can. You know, we learn that taking care of ourselves is selfish. So we try to do all these other things for everybody else. Um, so that, you know, we don't be look as looked as being selfish, you know, so we learn a lot of those, these unhealthy habits, these behaviors and stories and beliefs at, a, at that very young age. So emotional eating is just a symptom of what's really the underlying issue of, um, same with addictions, addictions and cravings. It's like, there's another underlying issue there that needs to be addressed and needs to be solved and needs to be found what it, what it is you know, and then you can, you know, bring it to the forefront, deal with it, feel those emotions, be in, be in the embodiment of that, have that awareness of that. And then you can let them go and release them and then be able to move on. So imagine, I mean, it takes anywhere from 22 or 66 days to 254 days to change one habit or one belief. That's one habit or one belief. Most people, it, it can take up to a year to change a habit or a belief. One, just one. So imagine all the habits and beliefs that we have. It takes a long time. So, you know, with my process, it's, you know, I take them through all of those. We, we deal with all the habits, all the beliefs, all those stories that have been holding them back. And we reframe and retrain the beliefs, the habits, the stories, the sabotaging behaviors, the patterns, the triggers, all those things. Deal with those hardcore stuff. Deal with your emotions. Feel your emotions. Emotions are strengths. They're never weaknesses. So, you know, feel those first and deal with those and then move on to the nutrition and the exercise and all that stuff. So the mindset really comes first. Like I've said in the beginning, it's an inside out job. You have to take care of what's going on in the inside first before you can take care of what's the outer exterior. And we have it asked backwards. We go the opposite direction. <laughs> deal with our own no, we don't, we don't, <laughs> but you're never going to get to that place. You're never going to have a long-term sustainable lifestyle. If you stay stuck doing the same things that you're doing over and over again, yeah, you'll gain, you'll lose weight guarantee you'll lose weight. 
you'll probably be happy for a certain amount of time. And then uh, uh, something you'll get triggered, uh, old pattern will come into play. And then your subconscious reminds you, mm, you're a big fat loser. You might as well give up. You need to stop doing what you're doing. And then we spend the rest of that time bullying ourselves, doing the things that aren't ne no, not necessarily good for us, healthy for us, turning to those foods, turning to those cravings. And we start all over again in that cycle. How often or how much overlap is there between emotional eating and eating disorders? Um, people have asked me that before. So there's, there's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's like you, like I said in the beginning. Okay. So, you know, everybody has some form of emotional eating. So we all turn to food for something for comfort, for, you know, for frustrated or angry, we're bored, we're sad, we're happy, whatever we turn to a food item. Um, so that's, that's one thing. I mean, um, an eating disorder is really about control and, um, being out of control and not having that control and, and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's more of, um, gosh, how would I word it in your brain? Um, you take it to a different place. It's, it's taken totally out of, out to a different place. Um, and where, you know, emotional eating is like, you're just not dealing with, I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's the same. It can be the same thing for that too, for eating disorders, but for emotional eating, it's like, you're just not dealing with the emotions. You don't want to feel the emotions. You just want to go through life on doing the things that you're doing and, 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 and not dealing with those emotions and that, that, other, that other stuff that's going on. Whereas, you know, eating disorders is, is just a much year more deeper into it's, it's even, you know, I would say a thousand times more, um, not worse. I don't like to use negative words, but it's like, it's just too much of the extreme. It's like, it's like a site at like one extreme to the other. It's like, it's like you're, you know, emotional eating is on the scale of, of two and eating disorders on the scale of a thousand, you know, I mean, it's like a huge, huge gap. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, you can have emotional eating problems and have an eating disorder because I, I had that, you know, I, I struggled with eating disorders. I struggled with emotional eating, binge eating, um, bulimia, starvation, all that stuff. Um, I also had depression, anxiety. Um, I also struggled with, um, having a mother that had emotional, uh, was, a had, um, mental illness and a stepfather was never home. And I was the oldest of four and had to take care of three other siblings and had a lot of, you know, a lot of struggles growing up and, um, you know, had that, you know, perfectionism. I had to be the perfect person. And I had, you know, I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm raising three other people. So I have to be the perfect example for them. And I have to show, you know, show them that this is perfect cookie cutter, like, you know, attitude and, and do the things and, and which had huge dire consequences and, you know, almost killed me at one time in my life. So it's, it's more of the extreme versus, um, I, I guess it's the best way to describe it. I mean, I don't know how else, how else we would, you, you would want to describe it, Yeah, but that's how I see it. It's like, you're going from one extreme to the other. 
Yeah, and that makes sense. Makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, I'm curious on like if it would be termed emotional eating or if it's something else, but I know some people and I'm one of them, like if I get angry, I just like, I lose my appetite completely and don't want to eat. So it's not like I'm emotional eating. I'm emotionally not eating. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm just kind of curious, like how that falls into play with kind of what we're talking about as far as emotional eating to like soothe those emotions. So, I mean, and I'm kind of the same way when I get angry or really upset that, um, I have no appetite and my body just wants to just like, no, no, no appetite, no, nothing. Don't eat anything. Um, you know, I mean, some people could say it could be construed as, you know, some sort of, um, you know, um, disordered or disordered, um, disorder, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, completely lost my, um, brain, um, disordered relationship with, with food kind of thing. Yes. It could be some, but not so quite as the extreme as having an eating disorder, but, um, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of people that actually struggle that way, or if they are angry or upset, then they eat, 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 eat. So, um, you know, the, these are just a lot of these things and the reason behaviors and habits that we do these things are, are against him from our childhood, mm-hmm. you know, cause we learn these unhealthy habits at very young ages. And, um, some of them turn into disordered, you know, um, relationships, you know, and some of them don't, um, some of them just have just basic struggles with, you know, main, you know, trying to eat the right foods or be healthy or, but again, society tells us we have to look a certain way and dress a certain way and act a certain way and be a certain way. Um, especially anybody who identifies as a woman, it's like, you are conditioned to be a caregiver for the rest of your life. You are conditioned to be an unpaid caregiver to everybody else and put your needs, your wants, your desires on the back burner, which then turns you into people pleasers and doormats, like I said before. And so we're like, okay, well, what, how, how do we fix these? How do we combat these? How do we take care of these? How do we, um, deal with these things? And we, you know, we turn to food, we turn to unhealthy outlets, alcohol, drugs, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, but the number one is food. It's like, cause you know, again, food is always there and we can eat whatever we want to eat whenever we want to eat or we don't eat it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or don't eat, you know? Um, anything as far as that you deal with on a regular basis with your clients, or you think it's just really helpful to bring up that we haven't discussed yet today? Um, uh, the, the words that we say to ourselves, I, I tell people this. So, um, I do an, I do a talk called making the mirror your friend, but I also do, I also talk about how the words we say to ourselves are on a daily basis, have a huge impact on how, um, we show up in the world, how we present ourselves. So it's like, if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, this day is just going to be crappy. And I know this and this and this and this, and this is going to go on and I can't handle it. And so you go throughout your whole entire day and you, you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most shitty day I've ever had. Why was it so bad? And it's like, well, because of the beginning, when you woke up, you told yourself you're going to have a bad day. 
So you already set that intention out there to have a bad day. It's the same thing with the words that we say to ourselves. So if you go to the mirror every single morning, or if you go, you're, the dialogue in your head, for an example, is I'm ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. What happens is those words, you, because you've been saying those to yourself over and over again, go into your subconscious and they hang out in your subconscious and they just hang out there waiting for prime time for them to rear their ugly head at you and come back at you when those opportunities come up. And so it's actually a protection, a protective mechanism. It's not, but it's something that we have done. So we've consciously told ourselves we're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting our whole lives. So then you have an opportunity where a person comes and compliments you, or, you know, somebody's really nice to you, or you buy a new outfit and you feel really great about it. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and then those thoughts come back into your head and your subconscious reminds you, no, 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 no. Remember you told us we're ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. So we can't believe what we see in the mirror. We can't believe what people say things that say us. We can't believe these nice things because you told us this about us. So what you said was fact and what they say is wrong. So we stay in that, that headspace of the, that dialogue in our head. So when you talk to yourself on a daily basis, be very mindful of what you say, because it goes in your subconscious and then it just hangs out there and it just waits and waits and waits for the opportunity to say, no, 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 all those people are liars. Because you told us the truth. Everything you tell us is the truth. And we believe it to be true. So what they're saying is wrong. So you're never going to be able to accept a compliment. You're always going to be like, oh, no, this shirt. Oh, it's it's torn. It's faded. It's I've worn it too much. I've gained so much weight. It's it's too small. I just don't like it. I don't know why I even wore it. You know, so you make up all these excuses instead of just saying, you know what? Yeah, this shirt is really great. Thanks for noticing. I really feel really great in it. We can't accept, we can't say those things because we've been reminding ourselves over and over and over again about these things. So words are very powerful. So just saying I am like the most two powerful words in the English language are I am because anything you put on the other side of that has a huge positive or negative effect on how it, how it feels for you, how it resonates for you. So saying I am ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting is going to make you feel ugly, fat, stupid, and disgusting. Whereas I feel beautiful, brilliant, smart, funny, amazing. How do those make you feel? Where do you feel it in your body? You know, you feel happy. You feel alive. You stand up a little bit long, you know, your shoulders are back a little bit more. You feel lighter. You feel brighter when you say these things to yourselves. It's the same thing with saying, going in the mirror and saying, I love you. You know, I do this. I love you challenge where I challenge people for like five days it's not going to change overnight, but it, it, you know, just for five days, go to the mirror every single morning and say, I love you to yourself and notice how your body starts to respond every day, every day. It gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. You can actually consciously override that thought, that belief. That if you say, I love you to yourself in the mirror enough times. So being very mindful of the words you say to yourself, you know, telling yourself nice things, you know, eventually you'll override all those negative thoughts and patterns, but it, it takes a long time. I mean, that's just a small little tiny bite size, you know, thing that you could start doing like right now, whoever's listening. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's a great place to really kind of start closing this out. Cause that was a great, just little to do for everyone who's listening. Cause yes. we can all say better things to ourselves. Like, you know, I, 
I'm very hard on myself as most people are. And it's kind of those things like I have to remember when I do it at times, it's just like, I would like, if I was telling this to a client, like my client would like fire me <laughs> like with how much right. I tell myself, like I suck and I'm awful. I'm this and whatever. And like, like we would not have friends if we said the things that we do to other yes. people yes. that we do to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, think about the things. Would you say those things to your best friend or your, to your spouse or your partner, or your kids? No, you would never say those things. So what gives it the right to say it to yourself? Yeah. No, you shouldn't be saying those to yourself. So think of yourself as your own best friend. Think of yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and picture your best friend. You wouldn't say, oh my God, you're so ugly. You're ugly. You're ugly. You know? No, you wouldn't say those things. You'd say, oh, you're beautiful. I love you. You're brilliant. You're smart. You know? So think of yourself as your own best friend when it comes to those things. Awesome. I love it. Well, Liza, if someone has more questions for you, wants to reach Mm -hmm. out to you, where can they find you? Oh, I'm on every social media platform. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Alignable, all those things. Um, my website is uh, LizaLomex.com and um, you can find me on Facebook under Liza Lomex and Instagram, the same thing. So awesome. Well, Liza, thank you so much for your time today. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.